Welcome, 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 welcome. Due to the holiday this week, we are bringing back another Young Dad Podcast banger of an episode. Today, we're going to revisit our conversation with the one and only, the greatest of all time, the best host in all of minor league baseball, Eric the Peanut Guy. If you don't know who Eric the Peanut Guy is, Eric the Peanut Guy is the on-field personality host of the Tri-City Dust Devils at Giza Stadium, located in the Tri-Cities in Washington State, more specifically, Richland, Pasco, Washington, I'm sorry. The Dust Devils are the high A affiliate of the LA Angels. The voice of the Dust Devil is Doug Taylor, and yours truly is one of the few, the proud, actually I don't know how many of us there are, media pass members um, and beat writers of the Tri-City Dust Devils. I love Dust Devils baseball. Eric is just a phenomenal guy. He is smart. He is funny. He is wholesome. He is loving. He is just everything that you would want in a friend and a person that you want in your life and in your circle. Today we're going to revisit our chat that we had with him when we talked about his dad, just everything that is Ed's fund and Tri-Cities Baseball, his life growing up, and just so much more. Eric, when we recorded this, was just recently married. Time has gone on now where he's a polished veteran of a husband. What else? There's not enough good things I can say about Eric. Eric is just... He's just Eric the peanut guy. He's everything that you would want in a friend, like I said. And I'm just so happy that he was on the show. And we are going to revisit his conversation this week. We hope that you all have a, had a happy and safe 4th of July. No fingers got blown off. Please, it's the day after the 4th of July. It's Wednesday, July 5th. Hydrate. Eat something greasy. Put that aloe vera on. Sit back. Relax. Enjoy the show. Oh, I forgot. Don't forget, your juice box, your snack, let's talk. And then just one more thing before we get into the show. I promise it's going to be quick, it's going to be fast, it's going to be easy. Recently launched back on Father's Day, so about two weeks ago, was my first book, my first children's book, A Baseball Game with Dad. A Baseball Game with Dad highlights how cool it is to be a dad. It shows the different dynamics of being a single dad, taking your kids to a baseball game, the dynamic of co-parenting, there's diversity, there's different body shapes, sizes, colors, everything, different dads, disabilities are included, veterans, everything that you could want in one all-inclusive picture book is there. It's amazing, it's fantastic, it's colorful, it's bright, and it's only $10. Check out the show link below. Literally writing a children's book has been a dream of mine for a couple years now. It's something I've always wanted to do. So please support my dream, support the podcast by purchasing a baseball game with dad on Amazon today. Eric's clapping along. You guys can't see the video because we're audio only, but... Eric was clapping along to the live studio audience and clapping with them for himself. That's how you get yourself hyped. That's right. All it's right. Very affirming. Yeah. It is. They're, they're a great audience. They are fantastic. <laughs> and they're live in studio. Yes, of course. All the time. All right, Eric. I'm going to ask you. I have heard so many s- small snippets about your dad. That's what I'm going to phrase because I haven't heard a lot about him. Mm. But I know he had such an impact on the Tri-Cities the Dust Devils organization, 
And I know you hold him at such a high place. Like I've heard you talk about him. He holds such a high place to you and to so many in the community. Um, so having a dad who was just awesome for you and so many people, how has that helped shape you into the man that you are today? Wow. Well, thank you for asking about him. Um, I've, I've been honored to be on a number of baseball podcasts and, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about is minor league baseball, but, um, more than that, I love talking about my dad because he's such a big part of my life and he passed away about five years ago. And so, um, when I get to talk about him, um, it, it, it kind of feels like he's still here and, um, I want everyone possible to learn about him. I, I, I want people to keep learning about him and hearing his name. Absolutely. So, yeah. So his name is Ed Mertens, um, Edward Paul Mertens, born March 22nd, 1952 in Spokane, Washington, just a little north of us here. Um, grew up in the Spokane Valley, played, uh, grew up playing in the hills and forests around Spokane and the mountains, um, riding bikes and playing baseball and football. He was one of eight kids. So big family. Um, his dad, my grandpa's name is also Ed Mertens, but they have two different middle names. So my dad wasn't a junior, but um, Ed Mertens. And uh, yeah, um, I the thing I talk about the most on baseball podcasts about him is um, this kind of nice thing he would do at the ballpark when he would come see me work games or he would just come. He, you know, he loves love baseball, love live sporting events. So he and my mom would come to games and um, it kind of took off. But when it was happening, when he was alive, it was kind of like this, this kind of cute little secret thing he would do that only my mom and I knew about. <laughs> and maybe some of the people in the Dust Devils front office. But after he passed away, we started sharing the story and it's kind of blown up into kind of this big thing, kind of almost an urban legend, but it's real. Um, so he would come to games and um, my dad, uh, if you were ever to meet him, he had a big heart, but he wasn't, he wasn't as loud and outgoing as I am. <laughs> so, you know, he could be, he, he could be serious. Um, sometimes he could be short tempered. Um, but if he was at a ballpark, he, he just loved meeting people and, and relaxing. He, he always had kind of stressful jobs. So my favorite thing was just to watch him have fun because he sacrificed a lot for our family. So when he, yeah. Yeah. So if he could go just enjoy a ball game with my mom or our family, you know? So anyway, he'd go to these games and he'd be in a good mood and he would, um, he, he slowly started doing this. He would, while he was sitting in the stands, he would see um, maybe a little kid, a, a row or two in front of him or, or maybe someone to the side of him. And it was always just someone that would catch his attention. Maybe it was a little kid behaving very well at her first baseball game, or maybe it was someone with special needs to his side, um, or maybe it was a little kid who wasn't behaving well and was having a rough time, you know, listening to their parents. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, you know, we get all of that at a baseball game, of course. So, but he had a big heart. And so what he would do is he'd go to the team store and buy a little toy Nothing big, usually just like a little squishy ball or a mini bat, you know, like a little souvenir. And he'd spend his own money and go buy it. But then instead of just giving it to them himself, he would always find me. Um, and most of the time, 
uh, I was up running all over the stadium doing my job. And Jay, as you know, I'm always running and always, always. <laughs> I know. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm rushing onto the field to do something. We only have one more out to go or whatever. Um, but he would track me down and, and after a while he would apologize because he knew I was kind of stressed out at work. He'd say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but there's a kid two rows behind me. Um, cute little kid. She's got bright red hair or whatever. She's, she's mm. been crying all game. Could, could you give this stuffed animal to her or could you give her this stuffed dusty doll? Um, mm-hmm. So he would never give it to these people himself. He, he would always have me give it to him. And he didn't want the attention. And he would even say like, just say it's from the dust devils or just say it's from you. But he had already paid for it. You know what I mean? So it was from him. So anyway, he was kind of like the secret gift giver out at the ballpark. And um, after he passed away, I think that was in his obituary. We kind of included a little bit of this and we talked about it. It, it actually, I'm looking at his obituary right now and I oh, see yeah. that it is. Yeah, he, in later years, he became the secret gift giver at the Tri-Cities Dust Devils baseball game. Honestly, surprising children with souvenirs every chance he got. Thanks for looking that up. Yeah, and so we don't need to talk too much about where it's gone from there, but um, people would just kind of give me money, just randomly hand me cash. And I was like, what's this for? And they're like, it's for your dad's thing. And I was like, what thing? <laughs> and they were like, well, we heard your dad would buy gifts for kids. And I thought, you know, just th- these individuals would say, here's 20 bucks. Go buy a gift for a kid and keep keep that tradition alive, kind of keep your dad's spirit alive. And it's turned into this thing. Here we are five years later and we have something called Ed's fund, which is literally just, you know, an envelope with some money in it that I can use if I see a kid having a rough time or if I, if, if someone touches um, my heart, like they Mm -hmm. used to touch my dad's heart and the dust devils donate items, the front office, actively donates to dad's thing there's even a little plaque in the info booth yeah Um, i've seen that plaque have you yeah yeah so so that's like the most well-known story of of my dad now um in the baseball world but i was just thinking today before i jumped on with you guys that was just one little thing he did he would do so many other things and it was just you know while he was alive while we were doing it, it I was always like, well, that's nice, dad. You know, that's mm-hmm. sweet. But I, I, I guess I didn't realize just how much of an impact his thoughtfulness had throughout our community. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I see in his obituary here in like the end of it, you know, it always, in all these, you know, obituaries, you know, the family asks for something. Um, but I love what is asked for in his obituary in particular um, it says in lieu of flowers and to honor Ed's memory, his family is asking for random acts of kindness in your community or a donation to a charity of your, your choice. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool because you, you, you were the, you are so much like, I, I never got to meet him. I was in the Tri-Cities Inn. I would have loved to. I'm sure I would have probably tried to sit next to your dad at every game he went to. <laughs> he would have loved it. You know, I would have talked his ear off and we would talk for the whole game probably. Yeah. Um, but just you are, you are so much like this. You know, you are just a bright light. You know, I've never heard anyone say anything but that when it comes to when they refer to you around the minor league baseball community 
or within the Tri-Cities. You're just this, like, the same, like, bright light just around the community. So, personally, for you, I see that your dad's example as something that's really been passed on to you. Wow. Because you you just, you, you follow the example, you know, you follow the example that you were set for, which is, yeah. is so important um, because this is something Aaron and I have talked about in the past is just that, you know, we set, we set the example for our kids or for those that are younger than us that we impact. Yeah. And your dad did that for you. Yes. That was, that was huge. And so kind of taking another step, step forward with this is how, you know, your dad's impact, having such a, you know, awesome dad, now that you're you're married how has that impacted you as a husband and as a partner wow yeah so um i just got married a few months ago and karina's sitting right here next to me hi karina uh my beautiful amazing wife we just got married um late september at the dust devils ballpark at Giza stadium well that was our reception area that was was so cool by the way Thanks. Yeah, that was a big blessing. Um, you guys had a beautiful sunset that night too. Yeah, that's we were yes, seriously, it was like God smiled on us that day. Um, but you know, obviously, the main person I was thinking about that day was Karina. But the the person I probably thought about the second most that day was my dad. And um, uh, sadly, Karina's mom passed away a couple years ago. Um, and so we did a couple of things to honor both her mom and my dad at our wedding and and the rehearsal before the day before. And um, so their presence was very um, um, noticeable at our wedding. And, but to answer your question, um, you know, I, I I knew it at the time. I knew I had a great dad and that he was a great husband because I I could see the relationship he had with my mom. Um, But I guess, you know, again, kind of with hindsight, after he passed away, I realized, oh my gosh, how lucky am I? I, how lucky am I? Like he was, he is a great man. He's got, he's a beautiful soul. And, um, I grew up watching him interact with my mom and they were honest. They didn't shy away from the tension of marriage or the challenges of marriage. Um, and I appreciate that. Like they didn't sugarcoat things for my sister or my sake. You know what I mean? We saw, when things got tough. Um, but because of that, we also saw them work through the tough times. Um, and so the good times were even better because we saw when they struggled with money or with misunderstandings or with differences, differences of opinion, you know. Um, but I think the number one thing um, I learned from dad was he would do this for both my sister and I, but especially for my mom. He always would... Um, try to surprise her or treat her um, with special things for her birthday or their anniversary. Um, and I remember growing up, I was like, "That I want to do that when I'm married, you know, and we've only been married for a few months. And so, um, and she's sitting right here. So I have to be careful. Um, but <laughs> I, I hope that as we grow old together, I can, I can do those things. Like what I, I better not say this out loud. Close your ears, Karina. Um, but for my, <laughs> for, I forget, and I'm ashamed. I forget, I think it was for my mom's like 50th birthday or it was for one of their big anniversaries. He surprised her with a flight to Seattle. Once they got to Seattle, they got on a helicopter 
and flew around the Space Needle. And then they had dinner at the Space Needle. And we're talking, we were like a middle income family. Like we did not have, you know, the kind of dough just to go do this stuff. So yeah. he, he'd been saving up for years. He'd been planning for months. She had no idea. He had a, a suitcase packed for her. And um, it was just like, I remember being like, we, my sister and I were just as surprised as my mom. And it was almost like he <laughs> gave us that treat too. So um, he, he just went above and beyond to, to show how much he loved his family. And that's what I hope. That's what I hope to take. I love it. I love it. So what would you say are just a couple things that your dad taught you, whether, mm-hmm. you know, about being a husband or a person or just about, about life? Yeah. You know, some of those um, dad lessons. I'm so glad you asked this because I had to, um, I actually went back and looked at a note I wrote a few weeks after he passed away. And I keep it in my Bible, so I know exactly where it is. I just took a photo of it, so I have it here with me. But um, this is right after Dad passed away. I wrote a note that said, Dad would want me to. And then there's like a few a few items here. The very first thing was, Dad would want me to never feel pressured to make big life decisions based off of other people's desires or opinions. And I love by that, that. He, yes, he was a very independent person. But with my mom and and his kids, um, they both grew up in Spokane. They both love their families. They both have mm. great. I, I'm blessed with an awesome extended family. But they were both the first children in either of the families to move away from Spokane. Wow! And they, you know, the Tri Cities isn't very far. <laughs> from no, Spokane. not at all. It's about an hour and a half drive. Uh, yeah, two hours. Yeah, two. You know. Yeah, two about two, maybe, two, but, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they moved away. They lived on the West side of the state. They, they lived in California. I was born in the Bay area. Um, they lived in Idaho and, um, they were kind of the, the, the older kids that kind of went out and broke the mold. And because of that, he was very, he was always very intentional about following his heart, mm-hmm. doing what he knew was best for his family and not feeling like he he owed it to anyone to like um, to, to maybe diminish his goals. You know what I mean? And like, again, this isn't, he loves his family and it wasn't about that, but he also would know I I'm a people pleaser. (laughs) I I hate conflict. And so my dad would always remind me like, remember Eric, like don't, don't make a decision based off of what other people want. You have to listen to what you want. Um, and don't let anyone, and he would even say, even me, I don't want you or, or your mom to pressure you into something. You need to do it for yourself. And, um, he got kind of like worked up when he would talk about that because th- those were lessons he had to learn growing up, um, with his job and with other life decisions. So that's, that's the first thing on the list and some, God bless you wife (laughs) i think i think that's actually something that aaron has mentioned in the past um aaron you've mentioned something like that before haven't you along those lines uh yeah it's it's something similar but you know it's just something i think it it comes universally you know it's it's not for me and dad it's just you know something you you learn from you know something that life really teaches you yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
what else you got? What what's another thing on that list? The, possibly, yeah. There's some good ones, and there, there's some that are like more specific to just me. Like mm-hmm. I've always wanted to write a book, and so Dad was always encouraging me to do that. So, um, which he also, I mean, when I was a little kid, I, I wanted to be a juggler, so he got me juggling lessons. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a drummer, so he helped buy me my first drum set. So whatever thing I was like interested in at the time, he'd help support that passion. Yeah, and I I, I remember feeling. Like when I would inevitably get tired of something, you yeah. know, I, I always felt bad. Like, oh, I didn't become a rock star. Therefore, my dad must, you know, regret that he bought me that drum kit. Or I didn't become a professional juggler. He's probably sad that he spent that money on juggling lessons. But it wasn't until I was an adult to realize, oh, he wasn't investing in a certain career path. He was investing in me, mm-hmm. just me and the things I love. Um, and so that openness to, to listen to someone and what they're excited about and then to encourage them in that. Um, like you said, I don't have kids yet, but I, I work in ministry. And so I mm-hmm. do meet a lot of people and I, when they're, when their face lights up talking about something, but they don't feel supported in it, you know, that's, that's my job. That's our job to support that. So that's something else dad taught me. Absolutely. And that's something that we've, we've touched on in the past, just very, very briefly, but yeah, you know, I would say that you can really apply that to whether you have kids or not, whether you're in a relationship or not. You yeah. can really take that lesson and just apply it. You know, I think we talked about this a long time ago, Aaron and I did. Again, just briefly, but you know, stop taking people's joy away. I think we talked about this with when uh, Craig was on. Shout out to you, mm-hmm. Craig, uh, from Single Dad Reboot. We talked about joy and just how common it is for people to take away that joy from other people Mm, and how instead of supporting someone and building them up and getting excited with them, it's so often like around us, there's so many people that are, you know, raining on someone else's parade on purpose just for, for absolutely no reason instead of just being, oh yeah, that's awesome. You know, so excited. You know, I had, we've gotten some of that feedback you know from at least i have you know why are you doing a podcast about that you know Mm. or why are you doing that or when i launched the blog or anything like that and it's like instead of just having the support it was more criticism than oh i'm excited for you like i'm glad you're doing that because i know how happy it makes you kind of thing yeah and it's it's so important i remember talking with you and here i am i need to apologize but you were talking with me at a ball game about a project you are working on a, a book, you know, Yeah. and this dream you have, and then you, you sent me things to look over and then I was a jerk and didn't get to it for a long time. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, I apologize about that. But I love that. Like I, that's incredible, man. And yeah. because I, I see how you encourage other people to, you encourage me personally, every game. When I see you, I see you definitely encourage your girls. Um, but you also encourage just, people around you, you know, acquaintances or friends around you. Um, so if we do that for each other, that's pretty special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, it, it it's so funny. It costs nothing. <laughs> yeah. It, it costs you absolutely nothing and it could absolutely change somebody's life. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yes. It's, it's free to be kind. Kindness exactly. is, is free, free 99 and you know and, it's 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 infectious, man. I mean, yeah. it, it once you start it, 
like like we always say, you know, it's a ripple in a pond. You know, once once yeah. that that first rock impacts, there's so many ripples that you know it's you don't ever know what you're going to start. So why not yes. just you know positivity? Yeah. You know, and, a great example of that is um, just right before I jumped on with you, I was on Twitter, and um, I got a DM from wait, someone. Eric, I, you oh, were on Twitter, right? What? I know, right? Whoa. Way too much. Maybe my mental health would be better if I wasn't on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a DM uh, from someone I've never met before, but he's kind of in that on like Twitter minor league baseball community, and he just listened to a podcast I recorded over a year ago where I talked about dad and Ed's Ed's fund at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, Hey man, you know, I found you on Twitter. I just, I just listened to this random podcast. I'd love to donate to Ed's fund. How can I do that? And I'm like, what, you know? So Aaron, you're right. Like that ripple effect. Uh, my dad did this thing 15, 20 years ago that people heard about five years ago when he passed away that I talked about one year ago on a podcast. And then just today someone listened to it and wants to make another kid's day at a dust devils game. And he doesn't even live here, you know? <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. There. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I have 100%, you know, I, I just, I love it so much. You know, it, I can understand kind of uh, from your, your dad's standpoint, you know, it's, it's not really, about the recognition, you know, you don't really care. Oh, it was that guy that bought it. You know, it, it, that's yeah. not what you're in it for. You, you're doing it in hopes that, you know, it makes your surroundings for you, your family, other people better. And yes. obviously it has paid off. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's special, man. And it's just to be able to see it and document it. That's, that's, that would mean the world to me if that was my dad. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it is Thanks. definitely something special. I mean, it kind of makes you think, you know, of a very, very, very recent example of what happened with Demar Hamlin in the NFL. How his yeah. charity just absolutely blew up to like from twenty five hundred dollar yeah. gold to a seven million dollars in donations from all around the world. You know, just people just wanting to donate to help him to help his recovery, but all those people donating are now donating a toy to a kid in need. You know, and so many more kids are going to be able to be reached now. So many more lives are going to be impacted now because of all these random donations, you know, and, you know, God bless it. He's doing, he's doing amazing now. He's home. He's on the road to recovery. Like he's, he's great. You know, um, yeah. you know, there's so many things to take away, but, you know, looking at it from that aspect, like, man, people were donating because there's probably some people who are like, oh yeah, it's just the thing to do. Go do- donate to DeMar's, you know, fundraiser, you know, um, and there, you know, that impact that, that $7 million is going to have now through this foundation, through him and all the good that he's going to be able to give back and the lives that he's going to now impact, you know, whether it be speaking or, you know, cause his playing career is probably over yeah. unfortunately, but you know, now the things he can do with this experience and this, this money are going to impact kids. And then that's going to be paid for because they're going to be like, man, I got this toy when I was a kid. You know, I'm going to pay it forward. You know, it's always just about paying it forward. And, you know, it's not about the recognition. It's just about what you're doing to to help. Yeah. And, you know, on another note, too, it was so beautiful to see uh, DeMar's family uh, ask and reach out for people to pray for T. Higgins as well. 
Yes. You know, and it, he was a a big antagonist in the whole ordeal. But it's like, you know, he's he's making a regular football play. He's not doing it intentional. No. And, you know, he just gets instant hate from everyone. And it's, you know, I understand that, you know, he's he's the cause. He's But, you know, it's just so beautiful to see in a time like that where, you know, you're in lieu of maybe losing someone. You can find that in your heart to, to yeah. reach out and just, you know, because that person's in a negative thought space. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The level yeah, so. of empathy that took, you know, for his family yeah. and for him personally and, you know, the people who are trying to frame T. Higgins for that are awful because it wasn't his fault. But, you know, he walked out of the stadium with his mom hugging him. Mm. You know, yeah. he was in such a dark place. You know, how many times yeah. have we just, you know, walk, walked out of somewhere, head down, you know, being held by a loved one, you know, it's a dark mm-hmm. place. So that's, yeah, that's a beautiful beautiful something to come out of it there um back here again eric you are a newlywed yeah so you are well qualified to give out some advice (laughs) to new husbands oh no so for the other new husbands out there or for possibly if i ever get remarried again someday we'll see um what advice do you got what do you what advice (laughs) do you got for the other new husbands out there that's such a great question. I because you're well qualified now. Well, yeah, like what we're like three months into. Yeah, you passed the ninety um, day threshold. <laughs> so I, I definitely still feel like I, like the roles are reversed. I need advice. You know, I'm brand new to this. Um, trying every day just to love, and um, so I could use what I, I think. What I can offer some advice on maybe now that I've found the one. And we did get married and it all worked out successfully. I, I feel like possibly I could offer some advice on on guys who are dating or who are hoping to get married someday because I am 40. I just turned 40 and 12 days after I turned 40, I finally got married. And I thought growing up, I'd be married by 25. Um, so... <laughs> I, you know, I had a number of steady girlfriends. I went on a lot of dates. Um, thankfully, they're all great people. You know, I, I, I was blessed to meet all of them and to know all of them. Um, but I think the one piece of advice I would want to give to someone who is hoping to get married is um, it shouldn't have to be forced. It shouldn't have to be forced or too much work to convince, uh, to convince yourself or the other person. And what I mean by that is I was in some great relationships and we cared for each other a lot, but it was very apparent that we weren't meant to be married. But instead of just kind of calling it off right then and saying, okay, we kind of stayed in it for longer Mm -hmm. than we should have. And I think that came from a desire of not wanting to hurt each other, which is commendable. But in the long run, it just kind of muddied things up even more. And then when I met Karina, and well, we, we, we grew up knowing each other, but when we reconnected as adults and we started dating and we're like, oh my gosh, like it was, it was the most natural thing. Um, we just love hanging out with each other. We laugh so much. We enjoy each other's company. We have a lot of fun and it's not forced. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. I didn't like it, talk her into marrying me. Yeah, <laughs> like it makes sense. Like it just, it just makes sense. Yeah, 
you know, it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I know that doesn't really answer your question, but um, I need need advice for new husbands. All right, Aaron, what do you got? What do you got? You're the uh, longest tenured married man here. Um, I think you and Yesenia have been together longer than I was with my ex-wife and ex-wife, so I don't really speak on the subject, but uh, Aaron, what what advice do you got possibly for Eric or other new husbands out there? Uh, I'm I'm sure Eric already knows this, but it, it's all about compromise. You mm-hmm. know, it's you're never gonna have anything 100 your way ever. I don't care who you are. I don't care you know how good you are, <laughs> how smart you are. How you know it, it's never gonna be 100. You know, there's always sacrifice. There's always you know putting your partner first, and that translate. You know, it's it's the same way as putting positivity out. You know, you sacrifice, and you know your your partner sacrifices for you as well. 100 percent agree with that you know i was married um you know i wasn't the perfect husband but you know one thing i can take away is a lot of what aaron said along those lines is it's never going to be 100 percent your way you do have to compromise but i think you kind of hit on it earlier as well eric you know it's just supporting each other being excited for what the other person is excited for being invested in them you know, if if your partner wants to try a new hobby, painting or whatever, something new, different, support it. Be all for it. Because I remember when I started writing, like getting way more into it, more, more into baseball, just deeper in the community, um, Major League Baseball, the Seattle Mariners community, Minor League Baseball. It so the support wasn't there. You know, it mm. wasn't there. Unfortunately, you know, I would write and you know still spend time with the it was only one kid at that time, but you know, mm-hmm. I would do these different things and that's the support wasn't there and it sucked. It made it so much harder for me to want to do something that I really cared about and loved doing. Yeah. So that's what I yeah. would say, you know, along those lines is just, you have to support your partner and what they do. It's a two way street. Everything in marriage is a two way street. It takes two to argue. It takes two to yeah. make up. It yeah. takes, you know, two, everything now is two. It takes two people to do it. You know, and my other piece of advice is if you make a mistake, own it. Own your mistakes. If you mess up, own it. Be honest. Like you said, like your dad was with your mom and with you and your sister, you know, be honest. You know, of course, you know, be faithful still. But if you mess up or something like that, like, man, I, I really messed up. Don't beat yourself up and be open and honest with your partner. So. That's good. Thank you guys for sharing that. Yeah. Sharing that with me. Uh, so Eric, one last question here before we get into our amazing draft. It's going to be fun. But last question <laughs> here. I touched on it earlier. Eric, you are one of the happiest, just bright energy people to so many people. Where do you draw that from? Like what motivates you to keep being happy, to wake up every day? Like what what makes you so happy? Like in such a bright spot in so many lives, like what, yeah. what's the secret? What's your secret sauce? Well, that was a roundabout compliment. Thank you, Jay. You're welcome. Um, I'm, I'm great at those. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny whenever someone says that, uh, Karina laughs a lot because she knows me better than anyone right now. And I really, I desperately just want to be the happy person. Um, but man, I can get really uh, discouraged Absolutely. throughout the day. Absolutely. You know, 
and we all do. So I want to just acknowledge that like I, I struggle with anxiety and recently I've been struggling with a lot of stress at work and it like makes me angry and kind of dark, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and but, that's so normal. Like just sidebar real quick, like for the listeners out there, you know, we talked about it with Evan um, from down under, he's from Australia, but you know, it's, it's okay to feel that way. Even if you're the, always the happy person in the room, yeah. like you're still going to have those feelings, you know, and that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, so yeah. I guess the question here is what, what keeps you smiling? What keeps a smile on your face regardless yeah. of what else is going on? Yes, that's a great question. Um, the, the short answer is my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus. And um, I work in ministry. And so um, I'm lucky where I get to um, engage in that relationship at work. Um, but even, I know, I know plenty of people who work in banks or work, you know, who have non-ministry jobs and they find ways to pray and tap into that. So for me, that's what it is. I, I start my day reading the a gospel, the gospels. Um, and the reason I do that is because I just want to hear the words of Jesus or, or read about what he did because I, I believe Jesus is the son of God. I know not everyone does. Um, but he would always go to the people on the margins of society and offer hope and forgiveness and healing. And that's what I need every morning because I'm struggling with not wanting to get up. I'm struggling with feeling crappy about something I said yesterday. Um, So that's the core of it. That's, I mean, and then I, I supplement that with like, fun music. I love listening to loud, fun music. I love caffeine. I drink a lot of coffee Um, (laughs) before every dust devils game, not every dust devils game before some dust devils games. I have a five hour energy shot. Um, That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. Cause I've noticed like like thinking back now, just like right now, like there's some games where you're like a little bit lower in the first inning. And there's some games that you just start out hot. (laughs) It is hot out the gate. Thanks for noticing. I, I, maybe it'll be interesting to see next time you notice that for this coming season, if you could jot down what day of the week it is and let me know. Oh, because I, I only, I will do I this experiment take, for you and it will be okay. so much fun because I only take those five hour energy shots on certain days of the week. Um, so I'd be interested to know if it matches up with what your experience is. <laughs> okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention now. I'm going to pay attention now. So Good. You know, Eric, I'm I'm the same way. I also have a very, you know, I love the relationship that I have with our Savior, um, yeah. Jesus. I also, you know, same core belief system there. Um, yeah. You know, to each their own, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, whatever level or stage you're at with that, awesome. You're, you're, you have a relationship yes. there. Um, if yes. you don't, you always can, but we're not a religious podcast, so we don't have to dive deep into that. But, right, you right. know, I think what's important to take away from that here, we'll wrap this up here, but, you know, find, you have to find your purpose. You have to find what puts yeah. that smile on your face. You know, you said for you, yep. it's your relationship with the Savior and then loud, happy music yep. and caffeine. Yes. <laughs> you know, find what gets you out of bed and find what gets you going and find what puts a smile on your face. And then you almost have to keep finding new things too, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you need to switch it up, switch up. What can, what's going to put a smile on my face right now? Um, you know, you know, Jay, I, I love what you're saying. Cause um, for me, and again, this is just me speaking. What I get 
from my relationship with God and what, what, not just what I get, but what I get to experience is love. And I think for everyone, everyone, you know, love, where can you find love in your life? Yes. If it's tough to find it, like do some work then to find it. Maybe it's love for, for someone, maybe it's love coming from someone or for something. Mm -hmm. Um, but then to like, that's like finding your big why, like you yeah. said, your main purpose. And then to like supplement it with things. And most of these things I've gotten from my counselor, like exercise, listen to funny things, laugh a lot, listen mm -hmm. to loud music. You know, like, so I intentionally try to build those in my day. Absolutely. And there is a podcast that you would probably love and find hilarious. You and Karina was called the Spitballers podcast. It's oh. amazing. It's super family friendly. It's clean. It's hilarious. Um, it's I love it. They're a great podcast. I, I highly recommend them to our listeners if you want something funny. Aaron, any any last thoughts for us here before we take a quick break and get into the draft? Uh yes, I have one more serious question for Eric. Oh dear. If you could if you could have your legacy be anything or any about anything you've done in, throughout your life, what would it be? Oh man. Dang, that's the question, isn't it, Aaron? That's good, man. What's going to be in your well, obituary? Yeah. You know what? Like, this is... Hmm. That's a great question. I would be happy just to be known as Ed and Mary Jo Merton's son. I really would. Um, I, I owe them so much. Um, now I'd be happy to be known as Karina's husband. <laughs> and... Um, but maybe on a, on a practical level. Um, I had to make a big life decision a couple of years ago. I was living in Spokane, working at Gonzaga university, which we've already established as like two, two and a half hours away from the tri cities. Yep. And that's your alma <laughs> um, mater, right? Right. Yes. Okay. And, and so your I dad's right. Um, he went to Gonzaga prep high school. Yes. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah. Um, but, uh, so I had to make a decision though, because I was actually, Aaron, I was asking myself, like, where do I want my legacy to be? Is it staying at Gonzaga or is it going back to the Tri-Cities so I could work more with the Dust Devils? And it really is, I hope that people remember me, the legacy, as Eric the Peanut Guy. Because that kind of encapsulates a lot of what we've been talking about, about hope and love and family and community. And um, a couple years ago, I feel weird saying this. They built like a life-size bobblehead statue of me. They did. They did. Right <laughs> next to Russell Wilson's. Right next to Russell yeah. Wilson's. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, this is somewhat serious. Like there's a statue of me and I'm not even dead yet. And <sighs> it's at a ball. Like I got to invest in this. So, man, this is a long answer. Sorry, Aaron. But I think my legacy would be hopefully people would remember me as Eric the Peanut Guy. And hopefully they would remember that. Uh, through tough times, um, I would help encourage people to, to try to find that love and hope. I love that. Uh, that's And, you know, uh, I think that's, it, it speaks to you so much because you're, you're so humble, you know, and, and you, you don't ever want the glory to be on you, you know, just throughout this whole, this whole podcast, you know, I've, it's something I've noticed about you and, you know, it's it's that that 
will get you noticed by so many people. And it's so weird how that works, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it's, it, it's just awesome. You know, it, your, your legacy has already been struck, you know, and so you, you have the opportunity to affect more people with it, you know what I mean? And, and just expand it even more and more and more. Thanks, man. Thank you. That means a lot. Have you been wanting to celebrate the do-it-all dad in your life, but you just don't know how? You just want him to look good, you want him to feel good, and you're just not sure how to do it. You want me to be quiet? I can't be quiet about this. Four fathers set out to create dad clothing that is above and beyond so that it could keep up with dads who go above and beyond. Our team of dad designers set out to build performance clothing because there wasn't an existing line that represented dads. I wasn't part of that team, but I am a part of that team in a backwards kind of way. I'll take it in just a second. In order to fit the dad lifestyle, four fathers took their favorite dadisms and printed them on the best performing materials and to fit that delectable dad bod that we have. Four fathers clothing, absolutely amazing. Love the polos, love the stuff. It's good, good stuff. Head over to four, shop four fathers dot com buy yourself buy a dad that you love kids polos hats socks some stuff coming soon head over there and get yourself a everything get yourself polos get your kids polos all the good stuff they have some incredible designs coming out the dog dad batter up the mo glow squeaky clean the gambler and some that are not named yet Pretty cool, pretty awesome. Very excited to be working with them now. Use our code YOUNGDAD at checkout to save, what is it, 10%, maybe 15%, I'm not sure. But you're going to save some money when you use our code over there. And you're going to be supporting two great platforms, ours and the Forefathers brand itself. So head over there, get yourself, get your dad some amazing clothing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. We sincerely appreciate you being here. We sincerely appreciate you listening all the way until the end. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We sure had fun recording it. Make sure you head over to the website, fallboymedia.com. You'll be able to see all the amazing things we have going on, the projects, the podcast, the blogs, all the fun stuff we have going on over there. You can also check out that link tree in our in our description on every single episode. That takes you to our deals, to the website, to the podcast, and gives you all the ways to like, rate, and subscribe, and everything that you could want to do. Make sure that if you're listening on Spotify, you stop for a moment, go ahead and drop us those five stars. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for me. Like the video, comment, and share. If you're on Apple, leave a five-star rating and leave a review for us to read in our next show any other platform make sure you rate review comment and share the podcast with a friend because i know you have friends that you want to share this with lastly make sure you go and follow us at young dad pod on youtube instagram twitter we cannot wait for all that's to come <laughs>